Welcome to Virtual Assistance, the Agency Growth Machine Podcast. Take your digital marketing agency to the next level as we share secrets, strategies, and client success stories. Step back from the day-to-day of your agency and activate massive growth using virtual assistance. And now your host, Azar Siddiqui. All right. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you guys or whatever time you guys are logging in into this show. Uh, my amazing guest today, Mr. William Jones, joining us from uh, Philippines today. He's got nice an amazing, amazing setup going on over here. I'm extremely excited about this. Uh, so excited that I'm on vacation today and I jumped on this call to make sure that I got a chance to speak to uh, uh, William. Uh, William is currently running Rank Fortress. He's also got an amazing... Uh, uh, coaching service that we're going to talk about, uh, helping out digital marketing agency owners grow their agencies with, uh, you know, done for you type of services as well. Um, so a man of mystery, a man, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued with the accent. Where's that accent from? Uh, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, I born Florida. Raised, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, but I've also lived in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Brunswick, Georgia. And then I also spent some time, a lot of time in Baltimore, Maryland, and then also in uh, West Virginia. So, mm. But I'm more of a country type boy. I'm, <laughs> you know, country fishing, down home type stuff. I don't really do too well with city. You know? <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so what, uh, and what are you doing in Philippines? How long have you been in Philippines now? I've been here almost four years now. You know, I moved here. Um, part of my story, but I moved here about four years ago um, when I had I had a small agency. I was working for myself. I moved to West Virginia because essentially I had a friend that was in real estate. Uh, moved up there, hoping to get into, hoping to get a house, had a good credit, and then that that fell through. And then at the same time of that falling through. Um, I had just rented um, a nice place. I was staying a nice place. I mean, had three cars, Hummer, Chrysler 300, nice stuff and all that. And uh, my largest, one of my largest clients dropped. And then, mm. the, then the other largest client dropped. Wow. And I had already bought my vacation tickets to the Philippines. Yeah. And then um, I went into depression, seriously. Hmm. because with all the bills and I had four and I have my kids I have my oldest daughter my youngest daughter my son and my wife and myself so with all those bills and a $1,600 a month rent you know all that so and Hmm. then um, so talked to my mother-in-law and she's like just why don't you just come over here we came over there and then we just decided to move everything we shipped like 50 something what we call ballot buying boxes from okay. the states to the Philippines, which is pack as much stuff as we possibly could, hmm. and we moved over here. So I've been here ever nice, since. Nice, huh? That, that's an amazing story, and so many of us uh, as agency owners, William, can relate to that. Where you know <laughs> things are going so well, and you know yeah. you wake up one morning and you get this call from the client, and he's dropping off, and then you know it just chain reaction. And I think uh, I've been running my agency for the last fourteen years in Calgary, and. Uh, I can totally relate, man. Like it's an up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was so sick and tired of it. I know so many of our agency owners who work with us are in very similar shoes where, you know, we don't, we don't want that. Right. Like it's, it's fun. Like as entrepreneurs, we do have some personalities who can take more pressure than other, 
but yeah. uh, it's not enjoyable, right? Losing clients. No, it's definitely not enjoyable. I mean, I have one student. He's like more like a son to me anymore, Jason. Um, hmm. He's actually moved. He's actually came over here, went back, and then coming back again. But the thing is, I told him, excuse my French, but take a certain set of balls or either you're crazy to run an agency to me. Because <laughs> yeah. I have people all the time that say they want to start an agency and I just yeah. I don't understand <laughs> it. And I run a big agency. I think a yeah. lot of people see the agency and they're like, they just see the big office or the big staff yeah. or all the clients yeah. and they don't think about all the crap you have to yeah. go through to get there and on a regular basis. I mean, the only difference between now and where I started is I don't just have one source of income I have multiple sources of income and then um you know we just it's not just I do web design and SEO or we run in just an agency we have other things mm. that we do as well so that's excellent we will get into that but uh I think uh William just made uh understatement of the year when he said that I run a big agency big agency on William's side is I just I was speaking to him as thousand plus clients right now is that correct Will? yeah that's amazing like you know i know a lot of a uh, lot of people i know who would be you know so lucky to be in a situation like you are why don't you walk us through like you know since so so this happened in when you were in states uh, you know you dropped off a few clients how did you rebuild man like you went out yeah. to a completely different uh, continent and uh, from yeah. there, how did you rebuild up to a thousand clients and uh, different revenue streams? So we, um, when we moved to the Philippines, um, I only had at that time, I believe five clients, five. And I made at min- about seven to $800 off of five clients because I was charging like a hundred dollars, 150. And it was like social media management or some GMB posts. It was nothing crazy. I wasn't really doing too much SEO. Um, come over here, but we made enough to, you know, pay for the electric bill. We had a block of a house. It wasn't done. It wasn't what it is today. Yeah, you posted anymore. some of those pictures. I, I saw that. Yeah. You know, it was a great yeah. job sharing that life story, man. Really impressive. Yeah, I try to share all that so people see, you know, and I even do some of the live streams and stuff. And then my daughter, actually, my oldest daughter, winds up getting married to Filipina here. Hmm. Um, and then he gave me about an $8,000 loan, and my wife started up a laundry shop. <laughs> so the laundry shop, um, I was, you know, when I say laundry shop, let's say we got three washers, three dryers, and I'm washing dirty laundry. <laughs> and delivering it and picking it up um and i was doing haircuts because in the laundry shop we had a barber shop and then we had the laundry shop and then we yeah. had what we call sorry sorry store i think y'all probably have them in pakistan mm. but um sorry sorry store is basically a convenience store where you go grab gotcha paper or you know some snacks or whatever and um so i was picking up laundry for you know, let's say 50 50 pesos a buck and um i used to make around seven grand a month so yeah this is where i told people you know you got to be willing to put in the grind or put in the you know or as gary talks about eating you know crap before Hmm. you can eat caviar if you want to eat caviar but that's crazy man like going from seven grand a month and living in uh, west virginia and 
you know, living in this uh, house and family. we're thinking when we move, you know, as agency owners that I want to move to Philippines and, you know, maybe set up a team there. It's very, you know, a high end lifestyle. But you started out literally from scratch in a developing country. That's huge, dude. Yeah. And then that's what I tell people. It's like it's a they say third world or developing, whatever. But I tell people all the time, it's like, you can call this a third world country, but y'all's asses when y'all go on vacation, come to third world countries, Costa Rica, <laughs> Philippines, yeah. Taiwan, everywhere else. So, yeah, but we moved, I wasn't even thinking, I didn't even know the Philippines outside of, outside of Pakistan and India, the Philippines is the VA capital of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I would say the only competition you really have is Philippines <laughs> and India. You know? Yeah. And we're starting, we're starting to, we're already starting to hire in Philippines now. So yeah. And a lot of the agencies, even in Pakistan and India hire Philippines, you know, but, um, so we were doing that. We did the laundry shop. I remember I used to do Xerox and photo in photography because people over here need photo IDs and I would make $20 or a thousand pesos in a day. And I was like, this is amazing. And I told my wife, (laughs) look how much I made. And I think it's amazing that I made the 20 bucks and I gave it. And we, if we made 8,000 pesos, which is the equivalent of almost $200 a day, we thought we were the, you know, we were the shit. Yeah, that's like <laughs> you know, five, but, five, five grand a yeah. month. And then after, after all of our expenses, water, electric, Wi-Fi, everything, we probably brought home, you know, after expenses, probably a good $600 a month. <laughs> you know, um, That's good, man. so at that time <laughs> when I started doing, you know, how I got in the agency, I was, I was on a Facebook group. I started joining some groups and I seen a guy said, Hey, looking for an SEO person. Hmm. And I commented he lived in the Philippines. He wound up having me do VA work. This is the first time I ever started doing VA work. This is where I gain respect for what VAs do. Hmm. Um, where I started working from 11 p.m. at night, my time, to 7 a.m. my time. And mm. I'd take cat naps during the day, getting ready for the evening when I started working again. And I yeah. made $800 a, a month to work, you know, 160 hours yeah. a month. Yeah. I was making pennies. That's um, crazy, man. And I, I did something yeah. similar, uh, Will, when I was in uh, Pakistan setting up this business for 10 months, working nights, man, it's not easy. Like it is tough, right? Like graveyard yeah. shift, which we call it in North America and every single day. Um, and, you know, I did it for 10 months straight and, you know, you see some dark circles. That's uh, that's, those yeah. are the war, war marks from uh, uh, working nights. So yeah. huge Most respect people don't get for that. People. They'll see, I, I remember seeing memes before you have, especially like in Pakistan and India, where you have the guy sleeping behind the desk. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. And that's real. That's not like someone making that shit up. That actually happens. It's like I'd be working at night and then I'd take a cat nap and then Mm. power naps just to get up. And you have to learn to sleep during the day and everything. It was, so you're, that was, it was brutal for me. You're earning $800 now. Uh, You got this one client back again. What happens next? How how do you go from one client to a thousand? in four years so what i did in the first so what happened the guy that actually hired me <laughs> told mm. me so you got 20 years experience why don't you do your own agency i'm like i don't want to do my own agency being an agency is <laughs> yeah. a pain in the ass <laughs> yeah yeah i've done it before i've done it yeah. for a long time work for myself um 
you know, while working other jobs, I still held my own agency. And my wife at the time, this is right around before COVID hit, says, why don't you start picking up some clients? So I start going to Facebook groups, doing what I teach in my scale, your agency, giving value, answering questions, helping people. And within three months of doing that, I picked up about 50 clients and I was only charging about $250 to $300 a month per client. Okay. Um, I hired guy came to me and I hired my first web designer. I even told him, I said, you know, usually I never have website projects. I don't know if I'm going to keep you on board or not. And then mm. from that day forward, we've never had less than like 300 site builds a month ever. Nice. Nice. We pump out a lot <laughs> of websites, a lot of rank and rents, a lot of small sites, stuff like that. Um, and I just did all of it manually. And then I came out with an ebook. And <clears throat> when I came out with the ebook, <clears throat> then from there, I was building up a group. Um, I forget the name of the group, but it was a Google My Business group. Um, forget the guy's name. But basically, when I started, it was about four or 5,000 members. By the time I left, it was at like 15,000 members. Mm. And then right around that time, the other mods started getting jealous. And I got the boot. <laughs> and I realized I said I should have been building my own group. And that's and where so, your your group came in, uh, the War yeah. Room. I think it's just no, War Room. The, it's Google My Business uh, Tips and Local SEO. That one. That's how how many members do you have? Almost a hundred thousand. It's the largest Ooh. local SEO group in the entire wow. Facebook world. It's almost the largest SEO group as well, besides well, local SEO. 95,000 so. people in there. Wow, man. Uh, yeah, amazing. like 98, 99, something like that. Let's, We've went over 1,100 sure. before, but... Let's well, plug in that know. link, guys, uh, in the in podcast. That's amazing, man. So, like, you're you're growing, and uh, what we're going to talk about what you did uh, to grow that fast and that rapidly. There must have been some uh, some huge growing pains with that, man, like hiring new people, and I know you were working with VAs first, and then you ch- yep. stra- changed the strategy a little bit. So what happened Correct. there? So um, what happened was originally I hired VAs, virtual assistants, that were all over the Philippines. And my wife, I had about 17 VAs, one only one that actually worked with me at my house. And then what happened was wife was like, why are you so stressed out? You should be less stressed when you got people actually helping you. So we went on a little mini mini vacation to a resort. And then I gave it some time to think about it. I was like, you're right. I shouldn't be. (laughs) I shouldn't be stressed out. out." (laughs) And um, I was actually doing more work because at this time I'm also building. But then I found out a lot of them weren't doing what they're supposed to do. So I came back, fired one person. And I figured that's a warning shot. And then next thing you know, I fired like 14 people. Hmm. So, done so, with you're, so you're down and to like no staff at all or just like to Yeah, I only had calls? one person doing my social media, one person doing content, writing my ebooks for me or ghost writing for me. And then I had um, one person doing web design. That's a gutsy move, man. With, uh, and especially when your client's, uh, client roster mm. is growing on the other side. Uh, so what, how did you change that? And uh, what, what did so, you next? Yeah, then I wound up the web designer. I basically said, hey, do you have any friends from school or anything like that? He said, yeah, he had two friends, one of of which actually was one of our relatives here. 
he knew no IT background, none of it. The other one, no S, none of them knew any SEO IT background, none of that stuff. <laughs> and so I brought him in and I said, okay, let me show you how to do an SEO audit. And I taught him how to do an SEO audit. All right, let's see, show you how to fix broken backlinks, um, broken links, um, broken images, SSL security, you know, all the stuff, how to do, you know, geolocation, GMB posts, all this stuff. So I taught them hands on. And then once they knew how to do it, I started giving them work. And then the web design, I had my main web designer teach two people that knew nothing. All they knew how mm. to do is play video games. They barely knew that. And then from there, I, we taught them how to do web design. So everything was hands-on teaching. But and with fresh client, people, fresh people yeah, with no fresh. experience. These are not, these are not I think, bachelor I think, IT I think, background, nothing. I think that's a great, uh, and we do something similar here as well, because, you know, we want to bring on um, team members and, and people who can live and breathe your values. Yeah. And it's really hard to do that with a virtual assistant. And okay, what you, yeah. I think, do, doing over here is building out your team who's going to be able to, who, who are going to be your employees internally, who are going to be able to grow with you. And right. uh, as long as you have those, uh, did, did you have any SOPs or checklists, things like that at this point? Back or was... then, no. Back then I had none. Now I have almost close to 200 SOPs. Mm. I have my own SOP system, which I sell on top of it, um, nice. which covers everything from, you know, lead generation to hiring and firing and to meetings and SEO and installing plugins and building websites. I have all of it. Mm. Um, and I sell that as well. Um, the SEO part of it is actually part of GMB pros, but um, I literally, wow. what I now, what I now do on automation I used to do manually myself. So gotcha. everything I did was manually by myself. Sales, how big, videos, all that stuff. Did everything yourself? And I'm guessing you're not doing, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of that uh, real soon here. But br my last question uh, is how big is the team now, Will? Uh, from uh, zero to... So I have... 15 people that are actually virtual assistants that I have no control. You know, I don't physically, they're not here. They're not employees, something like that. Okay. And I have close to 50 that are actually here. Wow. 65 so, people plus you 67 and managing a client load of thousand plus people. Yeah. Like, wow, man, that's, that's something amazing, man. Amazing. Like great, great job. You've built something amazing and uh, build something amazing sitting in philippines like that's i don't know man it's giving me goosebumps just thinking about this so uh great why don't we dive in and we find out uh what like to get to a thousand clients i'm sure you had to do some kind of marketing like what what did you do like how did you attract these uh clients yeah. oh um I'm the guy that generally a lot of people, I'm an SEO, but I do not push SEO. I don't think it's the one stop be all. I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to get you where you want to be. I don't mm -hmm. think pay-per-click ads are going to get you where you want to be. Mm -hmm. I don't think a sales team is going to get you where you want to be most of the time. The thing is, it's like I when I started, I don't know if you know him from ClickFunnels, but Blake Newbar. So Blake Newbar, what he taught is optimizing your Facebook profile He's a, he was one of the fastest people to break a million in, I think, like 30 days or 40 days, something like that. And all he taught was optimize your profile, put a call to action on it, 
and then drive people to your Facebook profile, which is seen as a website or a funnel. And you're funneling them to your offer. I started mm. doing it. I never even heard of Blake Newbar. Someone came up to me, they saw it and they were like, have you ever heard of Blake Newbar? And I said, no, mm. he said, go check out his stuff. And he's like, cause you're implementing what he's doing. And then Frank Kern and Seeds of Domination. He said, have you ever heard of him? I said, nope. I'd recently I've, got I've heard book. of Frank Kern. Yeah, I knew what Frank Kern was, but I just never heard of his books and stuff. I just was not involved in that side. Mm. And then I started getting involved. And he's like, you, you build the personal brand. And then um, personal brand being for me, when I was going into the group, I did things most people weren't doing. Most people go, hey, I can give you backlinks. Hey, I can help. Hey, PM me if you need help. And that's a bunch of BS. What you mm -hmm. should be doing is actually going in and helping people. If they say, hey, um, my GMB is suspended. How, how can I get it reinstated? And you actually mm -hmm. answer them. Don't say, I can help. They obviously, mm -hmm. if you can help, then answer them. Yeah. And by answering the people, eventually what happens is you get known in that niche or whatever niche you're in as the go-to guy that helps everybody. And people just start coming to my inbox without me ever doing anything or organic marketing as what most people call it to the point. Now, if I was to show you my messenger, I probably have at least a hundred DMS in there. And now it's on automation. I have tools that do it for me. Um, mm -hmm. There's one tool that uh, me and a partner of mine, Kevin's launching is basically stories. For mm -hmm. instance, I drive people to my profile and right now, if everybody goes to your stories, they, you know, you can do a poll, you can ask a question and you see viewers, but this, this software we're, we we're coming out with in like two weeks. What happens is every person that ever engages in your story, looks at your story, clicks mm -hmm. on your story, does anything, or even just mm -hmm. looks at it, it will automatically DM them a message. Hmm. Nice. I have nice. like right now it says, Hey, are you an agency owner? And it just starts mm -hmm. a conversation. And then if they answer me, I can actually kick up some more traffic and actually, if you will get more clientele off that this past week, I've probably brought on an extra 30 something clients just. Off wow. Wow. Days. So but you that can't... does for me what I used to do manually. So know? that's, so... that means that, uh, you know, like genuinely helping out people actually works and that kind of, <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> That's what you're talking about over here. It's hard to yes. believe, like, you know, not running. Did you run any paid ads or are you running any now? Zero. Wow. I'll run none. I'll run any now. I have never run any. Wow. You wow. know, on my YouTube, when I got, you know, for the longest time, you know, the, I won't mention any names. I have one fellow that doesn't like me whatsoever. <laughs> he got me and started in YouTube. And then when mm. I started in YouTube, I only had, you know, like 10, 20 views, a couple of subs here and there. And mm. then probably about a year later, I went, you know what? I need to get serious about my YouTube. So I started going live like twice a day, every day. Mm. And then doing video content, content, content. Like right now, the average person, some of the bigger guys, Craig Campbell, Chris Palmer, all them guys that have been doing SEO for a while have like 500 videos. I have like mm. 500 videos. I've only been doing it for a year. Mm. <laughs> but I did that because I was going double tap on my content and on my brand. And this is another thing I told like one of my mentees, Jason, I told him the whole reason you need to go live has nothing to do with your audience. It has to do with finding your voice. If you mm. don't learn to find a 
find your voice and you find your voice by doing what? Going live and putting content out, finding what people are going to react to, you know? Mm. And the biggest takeaway I would think is that most people don't want to do that. They don't want to answer questions because they feel like, well, I'm not qualified. I don't want to go live because no one knows me. Or mm. the other one is if I start putting myself out there, and this is the big one, as soon as you start putting yourself out there, the haters come to you. It's like... <laughs> You're hey. going to get a lot of hate and you're going to get a lot of people that either love you or hate you. Well, or, I don't mind that because yeah. uh, if, if that helps me build out a business with a thousand plus clients, I'll deal with the haters. But this is such a great story, Will, because I haven't heard this from anyone else uh, who has grown uh, an agency to the level that you have grown without yeah. doing uh, proper digital marketing. Like this is genuinely helping out people going out there in these groups making a brand for yourself, uh, being a well-known positioned person inside that niche. And we know that it works. Well, you know, a lot of us are doing a great job at it, but, you know, we yep. usually have a combination of some kind of paid ad strategy along with that and things like that. But you've done it without anything. And it's such without a huge any, testament. Yeah, without any paid ads or anything, we've just not had, we've not had to. We're probably going to start doing some, whenever we heavily start pushing agency war room, which we'll talk about later, but with the coaching program, we're probably going to mainly because that's going to be based on click funnels. And we're going for the two comma award on that one, but. Oh, nice. That's different. But the thing is marketing positioning is what most people, they don't marketing positioning, marketing positioning is like, if you want to be the number one person in SEO, or whatever niche you're in, you have to be the person everybody's talking about. Nice. So it looks like creating, creating an audience or a brand that people love as well as hate. Yeah. And, and that's amazing, you man. And, and, you have to have both. And so. if you do do a good job there, it doesn't take a long time to do that. Like we think that, oh man, yeah. I got to do this for years and years and years. Yeah. You build this business up in less than four years through COVID yeah, really. Two years. And, Man, amazing, amazing. Two years, so that's two years, two years. It's in, in less, in less. We've only been on using Stripe for about, you know, processing. Because I, I used to process payments through Payoneer and have to invoice every client. So now <laughs> we have Stripe, and it's like imagine taking it from where it's at to a seven-figure business, not uh, just a seven-figure business gross, but a seven-figure business net. Okay. Yeah, because most nice. people have a seven-figure business, but then let's say they're in the states and yeah. they have you know forty, fifty thousand dollars they got to pay out overhead every month. Mm. But where someone like us, we don't have that kind of overhead. hardly have anything left, man. Like a twenty percent margin there would be yeah. huge. But a net seven-figure business, I would yeah. love to be a part of that. That's amazing, yeah. William. So, so to marketing positioning. Uh, you know, I think this is something brand new for our audience. Uh, we usually talk about something, a combination of things. Are you using, are you still doing uh, uh, funnel building on the back end? Are you using a CRM I do system? Funnels. Yeah. Like right now I'm actually in the process of building out my, I have, we have rank fortress and then I'm building out another one for William Jones and that one, everything on the menu is going to be a funnel. So, nice. the, you know, GMB pros would be a funnel. Agency war rooms a funnel. Any courses we can you're using funnel. click click funnel for that. Click high funnels, level. yeah. I'm I'm not a I mean I'll use go high level for rep for basically um 
um, warming up leads and nurturing leads, but I will not use it for not saying it's not any good. I actually believe it's good. It's just I'm sold with ClickFunnels. If you look on mm. the back, I have all the stuff, <laughs> have the hat, mainly because right. they're they're the guys I learned everything from their culture is what I believe in. So I believe in what they're doing. And, um, gotcha. you know, that's what really, I mean, I studied their books for years and read their stuff. Most mm. of what I do is based on click funnels, based on lead, you know, lead magnets, trip wires, lost leaders, stuff that most people, if I mention it in a mark in SEO or even marketing, most people are like, what's that? <laughs> you know, what's yeah. a lost leader? Define a lost leader for me. Define a USP. They're like, USP mm. isn't that the barcode on the back of stuff? What's <laughs> like, no. your unique selling proposition? Yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff so, like that. And they, they can't, they don't fathom a lot of it. So, so William, so we, we discussed your marketing, amazing strategy. What happens when, you know, this person comes in the pipeline? What's your sales process like? Do you have a sales team? How are you closing these deals and onboarding people? So <laughs> this, for instance, right now you got one salesperson, that person's me. This is the, wow. one, the one thing that I, I, I even tell some of the agencies I work with. I don't ever, you may eventually, you will eventually get to the point where you will outsource your sales but for the first, let's say, I would personally say for the first probably 100 clients, I would never outsource, would mm. never do it. Mainly because I think very, I mean, I have book after book on this, but I personally believe the number one skill set you need to have is A, your content. But besides content, number one is sales. And then number two is copywriting. If you can't get those two down, I don't see how honestly you'll be successful in business and building mm. a personal brand. You have to get good at sales. You have to you have to get very comfortable with it. I'm extremely comfortable with it. I have probably about a 60% close rate. Wow. If I get on the phone with someone, I will close them. You know? <laughs> um, so you don't have anyone is, helping a lead, you out? If a lead, a lead comes in, let's just say, for example, a lead comes in. Um, back in the day, um, I would start the conversation. They say, I'm interested I do an audit for them. My whole sale slide deck or sales deck is me doing an audit for them, tell them what's wrong with their stuff, show them where their competition's at and say, hey, you know, this is where you're at. And when this is what we need to do to get you here, this is how much it's going to cost. And then I send them, you know, the sales page so they can pay right there. Um, but nowadays, onboarding, like you said, onboarding, you just onboarded like 30 clients last week or something like that. Yep. And doesn't that get like really hectic for you with running this huge I have, agency? Um, I have onboarding forms. So I have the forms. We're actually putting those all right now into um, Infinity, which is a mm. management project management. But up until now, we've only used Google Sheets and Google mm. Forms. But what mm. we do is I send out the Google Form. They place an order online. They get an agency discount. Besides this being low, we already offer depending on how many clients they want board, anything from 25% to 50%. Wow. So if, once they're at 50 clients or more, they get 50%. But at five clients, it's like 25% up to 20, something like that. But what happens is I send them the form, they place the order, I send them the form, it's automated. Once they get the form, they fill it out. Once they fill it out, they're onboarded via our project managers. And then once they're onboarded within 30 days, every 30 days that you're sent their reports for their monthly SEO. 
Hmm. Website, same thing. Automatically get a form. They fill it out. It's automatically queued. And then once, you know, within five to six weeks, our websites are done because we're hmm. building out, like I said, three to 400 websites a month. Uh, huge, man. Huge. So, so this sales, so it looks like, you know, even though you're doing sales, but you have a good SOP system around it. It's uh, a lot of it is automated. You just have to jump on that strategy or discovery call. And once uh, 60% of the deals get closed from there, everything is automated from there on your team takes over. So, so sales, easy part marketing. I think you've done a great job there. Sales becomes really easy. I think that's my belief as well. Instead of, you know, it is gone are the days of the cold callers and things like that. When you think you want to grow your agency, you're going to put a cold caller and just have them mindlessly call these people up. That that shit, shit don't work anymore, man. So uh, amazing. So we gone through marketing, we gone through sales. Let's talk about retention because you want to retain these clients for as long as possible. Mm. And uh, Mm. how are, how are you managing that with thousand plus clients now? Well, so for instance, the other thing as a unique selling proposition. So what separates me from every other SEO out there, I don't know of too many that will do this. Even I remember saying this before on, on a group call with Chris or Chris Palmer and some other ones is like, if in any niche, any niche, which is unbelievable. Any niche, if you are not ranked within the top three, within three months, we work for free until you are there. <laughs> That's so a great game. After three man. months, after three months, if you're in a, let's say personal injury law and you're not in the top three, then we'll continue working for you until you get there. I know from 20 years experience about how long it's going to take in any niche to get there. Okay. Um, that being said, our retention is anywhere from six months to, I had one client that had been with me for 10 plus years. Okay. So I tell for me, it's all about giving them value and you actually making them money. If you're Hmm. actually making them money, they're never going to want to get rid of you. Yeah. You know, if you're actually not, because your job is not to give them satisfactory service. If you're giving them satisfactory service and someone comes along with, let's say, a lower price, mm. they're going to. Yeah. If I give them exceptional service and they love me and they love you know, how I treat them, for instance, if let's say one month we have an off month or one week we have an off week, they'll forgive me. Yeah. But are you, are you, how, how are you communicating? Because Josh Nelson always talks about that, you know, the number one reason a client leaves is perceived indifference. And, uh, you know, we're even though we're doing a great job on our side, like you said, uh, but if we're not communicating regularly, making calls yeah. to our account managers and things like that, like, uh-huh. how are you doing that? Uh, so I have a couple of ways. Everybody, A, all the clients can talk to me once a month, if they want to talk to me, 15 Mm. minute phone calls. Um, you know, I give them that. They also have Slack. They also have, um, what's the other one? It's uh, telegram. Um, They have direct access to me. Um, then I also have a support system, support system, um, on the website. If you go to it, Smith support ticket, they can get me any time whatsoever they want. The other thing I do that most agency owners don't do I mean, think of it. How many agency owners, you know, that do at least a couple of videos on YouTube a week? Mm, very Probably few, man. Like out of five. Yeah. That. 
Yeah, not even that. Maybe 5% maximum if we're being yeah. really generous. Yeah, and see, my, my, and besides that, that I'm constantly emailing, I'm constantly putting out information and value. I'm constant, like the SOP system, I developed this, all the SEO SOPs, and this SOP system covers everything to actually do marketing. And so you're, um, so you're not I'm constantly using any... giving value. But on on that on that note, uh, William, you're not using any account managers uh, to talk to these people and may, make no. sure that nothing like that, huh? You're, nothing you're... whatsoever. I've actually I've actually had a bad experience with that, and I would actually advise against it for the most part. Okay, okay, yeah. and why is that? Mainly, mainly because what a what a lot of people will do with their project manager. For instance, if you're in the if you're in the states, it's one thing. If you're in the Philippines, and I have a project manager that has direct communication with my clientele, yeah, yeah, I will almost and almost guarantee you, they will leave you eventually. They will try to take clients from you, and mm. you will get screwed over. It's not mm. a matter of when it's going to happen. I mean, if it's going to happen, it's a matter of when it's going to happen. Now that being said. Um, that's why I'm putting most of my stuff in infinity and getting it automated. So they don't have direct communication with any of my clients and they don't have the actual access to the clients. Most of the clients on top of it come to me because they want to be able to talk directly to me. Mm. A lot of them hate the fact that, you know, when I, when I have in the past used a project manager, new English, graded English, college educate all that stuff could not stand dealing with them. Mm. They wanted to deal with me directly all the time. Now, that being said, what I would, what I would prefer to do is be able to find someone, you know, account managers you can actually trust to deal with the clients. But what I've found for the most part is they love being able to talk to me. You know? mm. That's the one thing, like I won't get rid of the sales aspect and me creating the content. Sales aspect, mm. I can be sitting on a damn beach and talk to somebody or I can be in a hotel, I can be on vacation like yourself. I don't have to be in the office. You know, yeah. if they're having a problem, they direct communicate with me. They know that. Um, I think that's the biggest difference that I'm seeing for uh, between you and most of the other agency owners that, you know, once they get some scale and traction, they tend to step back uh, from, you know, you're stepping back in a different type of manner where you're SOPing the hell out of this particular process. So you can take on 30 clients a month uh, everything is automated around that, but you as the name of the brand is still involved in there and you're doing it with, uh, you're doing it by giving access to yourself, even after you close the deals and Correct. during the sales process, and then overall creating amazing amounts of content. And quite honestly, if you look at a lot of like the big names, it's one of the things like, I'm not saying he's going to be on every call, but Gary V, Grant mm. Cardone. All these big mm. names, they say, here's my cell phone number. Eric Thomas, here's my cell phone number. And they mm. can di you can directly message them. They'll get the SMS. You may be able to talk to them. More than likely, you're going to get someone that actually helps you. Like with me, you'll get my um, personal assistant that will wind up communicating with me. And then if it needs yeah. me to be left in, then I'll step in. Yeah, I, mean, I had a meeting with uh, Brad Lee. I don't know if you know of uh, Brad yeah, Lee. Yeah, I know Brad. Uh, Brad's awesome. Brad and I re simply reached out to him on Instagram and um, we had a cool chat. He was in uh, Vegas and uh, 
it was amazing talking to him. So yeah, it's, it's amazing that when you can reach out to people like that, then they're yeah. still, still accessible at that level. Over two, three, four minutes, I'll answer somebody if I can answer them. And then if I can't answer them after a couple of times, I'll say, go submit a support ticket and I'll get to it, you know, but nice, nice. Well, this is, this has been amazing. Uh, William, my last question, I think you, you've kind of walked us through, you've given us a different perspective on this, uh, agency and you know really rocket fueled agency that you've uh, built up over here and yep. uh, we, we've identified some really unique uh, um, things that you are doing that most agency owners don't do that and I think that could be the difference between how you've grown so fast but my last question to you here before we wrap up uh, Will is what's the why behind all of this man why are you doing all of this like why build out this amazing agency like what what drives mm-hmm. you every single day The biggest one when I first started was I wanted to help people that were in the Philippines because we all I do live in a developing country or what most Americans would call third world country. But the fact is um, they're born into poverty. And my goal was to get them to a place or get them an education in which if they wanted to go work in the big city and make more money, then they can do that, too. Um, And we've been able to do that. I mean, so for me average person over here let's say I have four or five people in their family so when I help one person I got 60 something people I just help 300 mm. the other thing I do because um you know of my religion and everything one of the things I do is like during Ramadan and stuff we give out um zakat and stuff and we feed the poor and then I have um one of my sheikh friends will go and he leads a boys madras he is like 90 a lot of that just to help people because one of the things it's like you know, without money, you can't help people, you know, yeah. by the fact that we have money and we're able to help people, you know, that's what I actually enjoy. The other thing I enjoy besides that, my other why would be, I actually enjoy seeing other agencies succeed. Like I have a guy, he literally copied my um, profile cover and he started doing exactly what I said, giving value and all that. He called me today. It's one of the posts I did today, and he's onboarding five new clients this week. He said by next week. So that sort of thing is what pumps me up. You know, one of the first students I had, one of the biggest contracts he's ever had was a six-figure contract. You know, Mm. so, and then they outsource the work to me. But the thing is, being (laughs) able to see them succeed is what blows my mind and on top we're helping our you know we're, we're helping them but helping our team here and stuff because a lot of times we, we live at only about seven dollars a day most of our boys make hmm. triple that okay um wow. then i have the higher skill or the the if you will the the leaders make a lot more than that but that's average, amazing, we're man. taking people that know nothing and teach and, them a skill set that they could use anywhere. It feels so great, right? I, we have 200 plus people right now, and we know we're impacting not just those 200 people, because in the countries like Philippines and Pakistan, you know, people big are families, extended big families, man. It's, uh, and they all live together. Responsible it's, it's, for now. They all live together, and then they're helping yeah. their uncle and their grandma and grandpa, yeah. and then um, stuff like that. And most Talk of about, boys. Yeah. Talk, talk about making an impact. Uh, that's a huge yep. impact, man. Amazing. Most, Kudos of, to most you. of our team, they never had laptops. They never had motorbikes of their own. Now every one of them basically have a motorbike. Every one of them almost nice. have laptops. 
and stuff like that. And we've been able you, to be a part of that and help them. That's great. That's crazy. Um, very, very good. Uh, so, so excited. Doctor, just before you go, William, you mentioned something about the agency war room. What's that? Yep. Very intriguing. So the agency war room is a done for you service. We have three tiers. Tier one is basically you come in, do it yourself. I give you the information. Tier two is I'm going to do it with you. Tier three is basically completely done for you, which means um, I have the course material. Once a week we meet up and I talk about running an agency. It could cover mm. everything from sales to having the mindset to things that are going to trip you up, the pitfalls I've had, et cetera, um, all types of stuff, mindset, et cetera. Then the other aspect of it is we do lead generation for you, create the leads. And then I also have um, sales staff that actually calls them and closes the leads. Hmm. Then I'll also give them the automation tools and I teach them about creating their own personal brand, their own Facebook group and how to drive traffic, how to do lost leaders, USPs, basic marketing. Um, I don't teach them a whole lot of quote unquote SEO because I don't really think someone that's running an agency needs to know SEO. You just need to know yeah. how to sell it. Um, yeah. so we do that, you know, and then, um, you know, we I think there's, there's a huge demand for that, Will, because, uh, uh, you know, we're, we know where we're in, uh, you know, multiple joint ventures with, uh, coaches on this side. And, uh, I can tell you, man, that, uh, there is people are willing to, you know, if you have the right material, people are willing to learn and even pay for it and come in yep. and, um, uh, and are these people like, are these like brand new agency owners or do they Generally, have I have out of all, out of all of them, I have one that's a seven figure earner already. The rest of them are brand new, brand new, five to six figure earners only. And some of them aren't even at six figures. Nice. So the ones, nice. Our whole goal is to get them to six nice. figures and then seven. Yeah, because um, most people won't. Most people I know who won't even talk to a, a agency person who's thinking about launching an agency if they don't have 10k a month or you know 20k a month in revenue already. So yeah. this is great, man. You're helping out people who are thinking yeah. of the, having the a first, career like The first yours. package is honestly for freelancers, and then the second package is for people that let's say you got 10 or so clients. Because at the top tier, we're actually training, hand training five VAs and giving you a project manager, an SEO a web designer, a lead manager, and then a personal mm. assistant. So I'm training them, giving them to you, and they're trained in my SOPs and everything. So, and uh, what happens with them is when they're in that top Amazing. tier. Well, I know. The, yeah, when they're in that top tier, they're getting uh, that done for you. And while their VAs are being trained, we do all the SEO and the web design for them for free. So nice. once they have five clients or more, then they need to start getting their own VAs and we get those VAs for them and the support well, ticket system. Well, this has been amazing, William. I really appreciate your time. I know this is going to be such a huge value added uh, advantage for anyone, any agency owner who's going to listen to this. Uh, amazing stuff, very different, very out of the box approach, growing a net seven figure business in you know around two years um i am sure i'll be back for more uh, talking to you we're going to be discussing on the sidelines but uh, thank you so much for, for being on the show man yes, i know sir. it's uh, it's it. late night for you so i, I know you want to hit the sack <laughs> yes sir i appreciate it i will talk to y'all guys later thank you so much will thank you
This has been the Virtual Assistant, the agency growth machine podcast by Azar Siddiqui, co-founder at RepStack. If you like today's episode, you can find more and subscribe at repstack.co. Thank you for listening.